I tried to figure this out the other day on how to get more volume out of all of you folks that I know have volume. I can guarantee you at some point in time you get loud. And so I figured I figured it out. I'm just gonna have to let something in here that you're scared of. Old squirrel, the rat, the raccoon, the dogs down the street. But it is a good morning. Amen. We woke up this morning. We got to come to the house of the Lord, and we got a lot of moms here this morning. And hopefully, they all smile. If they're not smiling, do something to help them smile. All right. Uh, happy Mom's Day to all your moms. I'll just say that, and just get you taken care of there. Uh, I'll remind you on the way out, but on the way out, you got to grab a flower out of the uh, flower vase back there, and uh, then you get to pick a package of candy, and you take that to, not you men, <laughs> moms, and, uh, and uh, take that and uh, snack on it here and there. Stand with us and show the Lord in prayer. Thankful to be in God's house this morning. Father, today we thank you, Lord, for your love and mercy. We thank you, precious Father, for all that you've done for us through this week. Father, throughout all our lives, knowing, dear God, if we have another day ahead of us, Lord, that you're present with us. And dear God, we pray that we'll keep our focus to thee. Father, thank you for all these moms this morning. God, we pray that you just bless them, bless them every day. Lord, may this be a special day, Father, that uh, we pay special attention to, Lord, and they understand how much we love them. Father, I pray this morning just touch those who, Father, the moms ain't here, but dear God, they are moms, and we pray, dear Lord, that you would just help them. Lord. Father, now we ask you to have your way in the service. Let every bit thing be done for thy glory, for thine honor, and thy praise. For we give glory and honor and praise in Christ's name, and amen. Man, you may be seated this morning. How about birthdays? Any birthdays? Any birthdays? I thought she was bringing in money. She turned and left. <laughs> Any anniversaries? She's a birthday. She's a birthday. She's a birthday. Here's the anniversary. An anniversary. by the new day. So they had an old date and they got a new day. I'll tell, tell you something. I know one other couple that's got two dates too. So, all right. Well, Mariah had, has a birthday on Friday. Sissy's has a birthday. So happy birthday to you. Well, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. And many more and more. Amen. Grab you a blue book this morning. Uh, we're going to start off with page. I got the wrong blue book. What page you got? 
Bless all you mothers out there in this land, I really pray. Because, you know, if you don't have a mother's love, you don't know what that's like. I never had a mother's love, so I didn't know. All I have is a daddy. But I thank God for all you mothers that stay by your children and love your children and raise them. Love you all of you.
prepared to go to the, to the message this morning. I'll ask Brother Gary if you would say a blessing prayer for our mom. Jesus. Touch Jesus. Yes, dear God. Amen. Love our moms. I'll tell you one more time. So I don't forget on the way out, grab a flower, pick a uh, package of chocolate. We do actually have a couple back there if you are uh, diabetic. We've got a couple of them back there that you can uh, um, pick from there. If you got your Bibles, though, go with us over this morning to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. And I'm going to say this this morning. I know this has been heard everywhere today. I know that people are quoting this everywhere today. I know that I've preached on this before. And I know you're also thinking, what in the world does this have to do with Mom's Day? But can I give you the title to my message and you'll know. Prayers work. Okay, some of you must not have had any prayers answered, but I said prayers work. Amen. I'm going to tell you, we come to the house of God. We've prayed to Him. We've asked Him to do things. We've asked Him to help us. We've asked Him to strengthen us, guide us, protect us. We've asked Him for our children. We've asked Him for our spouses. We've asked Him for our church family. We've asked Him... I mean, we just go to God in prayer asking Him all kinds of things. And, and, and the prayers work. God hears the cries of the righteous. He's told us this. He also hears the prayers of repentance. We know that. The cries of the unrighteous, God does not allow. And I, I say this, is God does not pay attention to in some ways. I'm just going to be honest with you, church. The Bible says that God hears not the cry of the wicked. So you're going to have to be right in your heart if you want to have your prayers answered by God. And he told us this, and here's the simplicity of it this morning, if you just hang on with me. He told us these things as a promise to us. The Bible is full of promises. I, I thought about this, and I was thinking about this this morning. There was a man that I knew, his name was uh, uh, Howard 
uh, Garrett, and uh, he had uh, been at one time, and I didn't realize this, at one time he was a free will Baptist minister. He had been in the ministry and serving, and his family got away from God, and so he, he you know, he kind of just, I guess you could say he gave up. He, he got defeated, and he got away from the Lord as well there, and his son and I went to school together, and he was one grade ahead of me. And, and his son was uh, racing one night, another car down a long stretch of road up in our area there. And I don't know what happened, but some way, somehow, uh, he lost control of his car, flipped it several times, and was killed. There was only one other person there that knew what happened, and that was the guy who was racing him. And Howard finally found this guy and asked him the question. He said, I, I, I'm not mad. He said, I'm not going to try to get you thrown in jail or nothing like that. I just want to know, did you go up and check on my boy? He said, I did, sir. He said, did you hear him say anything? Was, there, what, what, was he alive? What was he saying? And he said, all I could hear him saying was, Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. After Howard heard that, he got his life right with God. He started preaching again. Him and his wife actually uh, was uh, uh, attending church and we went to the church one time where Howard was pastoring. He was a different man that day when I saw him again because he heard that his son was calling on Jesus. Can I tell you, no doubt in my life, many times that boy had heard his dad cry out to the Lord and heard his mom cry out to the Lord. And I don't know what happened in the family. I don't know what went wrong there. I, don't under, I didn't go down the road, didn't ask any questions. But I can tell you this, that when he heard that prayers had been answered, he decided he better pray some more himself. I don't want you to wait till the end of life to call on Jesus. But I will say this to you this morning, church. The Bible has promises made to us. And so, you know what? I've heard it said many times, a praying mom, a praying mom. My mom was a praying mom. My mom would pray, and I've heard them say, when mom would pray, heaven would come down and, and just touch. And, and when my mom would pray, it seemed like uh, heaven just opened up. And, and I thought, where in the world has our praying moms went? What's happened to the prayers? Can I tell you, I know for a fact that there are still some praying moms I know for a fact they still, some who spend not just a minute of time in prayer, but spend minutes and sometimes hours in prayer praying. And I'm going to just say this, if, if we will join in with them praying moms, there's no telling what God can do. Can I tell you this morning, the Bible tells us in this chapter in the 14th verse, if my people which are called by my name stop right there, I'm not pointing to anybody outside of the church this morning. If you are the body of Christ, those are the people called by his name. He was talking to Israel. He's talking to you and I. He's talking to anybody who believes in him that if they will call on his name. Now listen carefully. Shall humble themselves and pray. Why would God say humble and then pray? Because until you realize that God is the only way, you'll never humble yourself to really pray. You'll, you'll, you'll call. You'll tell God what you want. 
You'll tell God what to do. But can I tell you, prayer is not telling God anything. Prayer is pleading with God for something. Prayer is going before God and asking Him to do what seems to be the impossible thing to do. To do what nobody else can do. To do what you've probably been trying to do but couldn't do. To do what you've asked somebody else to do but they couldn't do. To ask God to do the impossible thing. Can I tell you this morning, church, I realize this. We don't all get our prayers answered the way we want them answered. Some of us get I would say this, get told no. Some of us get told after a while. Some of us get told God, He's going to answer it, but it's going to be His way and not our way. But sometimes God does answer our prayers in the way that we call on Him to answer them because God knows this. If we're really humble, we're willing to accept the answer He gives. We're no longer humble though, we're arrogant. We tell God, we don't ask God, we don't plead with God, we don't go before God anymore, it seems like. And when we get there, we have an attitude that God, and I I heard this last night, I was watching something on television. We were looking for an old-time preacher, and I found one standing out in the middle of a horse arena in in overalls. And I'll tell you what, if I knew where that man was, I'd get him here. He was a hacking preacher. And he preached the gospel truth, I'm telling you. But, but, you know, I was thinking, we, we just don't do that anymore. We, we, just, we have a, a hard time, and, and, and we're not humble anymore. We're not seeking God anymore. We're not asking God for anything. We're telling God, demanding God. And, and in the end of it is, we do, we're not, there's not a humility bone in our lives a lot of times, and we expect God. And what I was getting to there is that we expect God, and sometimes even this, we think that God owes us. And there was a bunch of preachers that I found who were telling people that if you would put money into their ministry that God owed you and God had to repay you. And I'm here to tell you, if God pays me for what I'm owed, I'm going to hell. I'm not going to heaven. Because I owe a debt I could not pay. I was lost, undone. I was defiled by sin. I was wretched, blind, miserable, and naked and knew it not. But one day because of God, the grace of God, I humbled myself. God told me, he said, Ernie, listen to me, church. Ernie, he called me by name. Ernie, you need to be saved. And I humbled myself and God saved me that day. Why? Because that day I cried out to God I prayed and pleaded and got salvation it don't happen you don't tell God but we do seems like we like to tell God a lot of things can I tell you something this morning every arrogant man or woman in the Bible is dead in hell do you think Jezebel went to heaven because I don't I don't, I'm going to tell you something, to fall out of the window, land in the, in, in the bottom, and the dogs come by, eat and lick, that, I don't think you're on your way to heaven. I don't think that uh, Belshazzar made it to heaven. He went and got the vessels of God and brought them into his party chamber. And the handwriting on the wall said, many, many tinkle, thou hast been weighed in the balance and found wanting. Think about that. If you're in wanting, you're not going to heaven. You're in trouble. 
And he died that night on his bed. And let me just say this. He didn't make it into heaven unless something happened there. And I don't know and you don't know. But, but I'm just telling you. I, I, I look at the Bible and I see these prayers that were prayed by arrogant people. Or, or the arrogance of people who wouldn't pray. And, and they, there's nothing good about that. But I've got several prayers this morning I can share with you. If you'll hang on, I'll go fast. Of people who humbled themselves and prayed. In Exodus chapter 3, a nation got before God. Now I want you to understand something. Not everybody of the children of Israel that were down in Egypt were were praying. Some of them had it good. Some of them had a little better than the rest. Not all of them were slaves. But but in Exodus chapter 3 it says this in verse 7, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cries by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. It come to a point in time that the children of Israel, there was enough of them, and here's, here's a point I wanted to make, there was enough of them who were crying out to God, praying to God, humbling before God, letting, asking God to get them out of this horrible place, that the prize come before God, and he heard them. Listen to what he said. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins, and I will and it will heal their land. Can I tell you that's what started happening there in the book of Exodus chapter 3 and we know the story that Moses goes down there he leads them out after a little bit of testing going on there but he leads them out they go through the Red Sea they go through other places they wander in the wilderness they finally reach over to the land of Canaan not everybody got there why because not everybody believed not everybody would humble themselves but the long and the short of it is it started with some folks who were praying And God heard their prayers. Can I tell you this morning, if you'll get sincere in your prayers with God, your family will be the first to be affected by your prayers. The second will be your church. Then secondly, maybe our cities. Maybe our towns. And I thought about how that... The disciples, you know, we we just don't think about it much, but there were some praying men. John the Baptist was a praying man. Stephen was a praying man. The Lord, although was God in the flesh here, was still a praying man. And can I tell you, the disciples saw what was going on and they become praying men. And the effectual prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Can I tell you this morning, church, the effectual prayers of a righteous woman doth the same. God doesn't exclude women from praying, but we got to seek him. We got to seek him hard. We got to humble ourselves. And if we do that, God will answer our prayers. Howard's son didn't get get things right until the end. But if he had never heard a prayer, if he had never heard a message, where would he have been? What would have happened? We know the prayers of Hannah. Hannah prayed for a child over in Samuel. One one wonderful thing there. Why Why do we say that? Because God gave Hannah Samuel. There was a praying mama, and she besought God to the point that even the the priest Eli thought that she was drunk, but she wasn't drunk. She was humbled. She was pouring out her heart. 
She told God that she was scorned and laughed because her womb was shut. And God opened up her womb. And when God did, he blessed her not with just a child, but a man-child. But not just a man-child, but a man-child who was a godly man, a prophet of God, a minister of God, a laborer of God. He wasn't liked by a lot of folks, but he was loved by God. And he loved God. Can I tell you something, church? When it happened without a praying mama. Can I tell you, the Bible tells us that God will heal our land. There was, just think about this. Who did God use to try to heal the children of Israel? Samuel. Telling them the truth, telling them the gospel truth, telling them the words of the Lord, trying to get them to follow after the Lord, trying to get them to seek God. Samuel didn't want them to have a king. Samuel wanted them to serve God. It's just that way, church. We know that on the way through some things, Moses interceded for the people. Aaron interceded for the people. Joshua interceded for the people. If you get down to the book of Psalms, here's some prayers I wanted to read to you this morning. And, and I'm, I'm trying to hurry without, without skipping too much, but, but here's some prayers. In Psalms 4 verse 1, it starts out this way. Hear me when I call, O God, my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I, have, when I was in distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. In Psalm 6 too, have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak, O Lord. Heal me, for my bones are vexed. Psalms 9, 13, have mercy on me, O Lord. Consider my troubles which I suffer of them that hate me, thou that liftest me up from the gates of death. 27 and 7, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. Psalms 30 and 10, hear, O Lord, have mercy upon me. Lord, be thou my helper. Can I tell you something this morning, church? These are not prayers of arrogance. These are prayers of humility. These are prayers of desire. These are prayers of wantingness. And when I say wantingness, I'm not talking about the wantingness of the world. I'm talking about the wantingness of God to be there, uh, to God to show up, uh, to God to be strong, uh, to God to be, uh, I guess you could say, to God be the helper. He'd be the medic. He'd be the fighter. He'd be everything there. In 31 and 9, have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. My eyes are consumed with grief. Yea, my soul and my belly. Can I tell you something this morning, church? We don't want to tell God we're in trouble. We think we can just work our way out of it. We think our, we can patiently our, our way out of it. I mean, after all, the circumstances of life are, are not going to drag me down. I'm bigger than that. Can I tell you something this morning? There are some circumstances in your life that God is trying to use to make you call on him, to call out to him, to surrender to him, to humble yourself to him, but your arrogance is stopping you and your arrogance will send you straight down to devil's hell. Church, I'm telling you something this morning, you may not believe me, you may not care, you may not want to hear, you may not think it's going to affect you, you're too young, you're too old, and whatever it is that might be that you think there's no reason for me to change now, I've gone too far, well you've not gone far enough. Can I tell you something this morning, this morning, your arrogance will send you to hell. But you humble yourself before God and he will lift you up. And if I get lifted up, I'm going to heaven. 
It's that simple. It's not complicated. But we want to just make it something else that it's not. Our prayers do work if we pray the right way. In other words, we pray to the Father in humility. Humility causes me to go before Jesus and it causes me to know that this, I cannot do it, but He can. Me and the wife are praying about something. And I said, you know, I was trying to figure out how to lay a fleece before the Lord. And I was thinking about it all day long and just, you know, Lord, help me. I, I, let me lay a fleece out there. And she's, she was talking last night, and she said, well, it may be impossible, but maybe we should pray this way. And she told me what, what she was praying, thinking. And I said, listen. I said, first off, I said, I like that. Secondly, there's nothing impossible for God. Gideon laid a fleece before God. The fleece was if the ground be wet and the fleece be dry, I know you're in it. And then he said, witness the, witness, witness the first one, give me a second one. If the ground be dry and the fleece be wet, I know you're in it. Now that's impossible with man. Can I tell you, but Gideon prayed and laid the feast there. Can I tell you, Gideon was humbled because God was asking him to lead the army of Israel into a battle. Gideon was humbled because Gideon didn't feel like Gideon was worthy. Can I tell you, I'm not worthy this morning to be here. I'm not worthy to be a preacher. I'm not worthy to tell you about your sins and how to get right. I, I live that life. I'm, I'm here still in the flesh. But can I tell you this morning, it's not by me that I stand here. It's not by my righteousness. It's not by me. It's by His and my Humility before God allowed God to use a useless old vile man like me to preach the gospel of love, hope, and salvation. Gideon's prayers was answered. So we decided last night if God can do it for Gideon, God could do it for us. And so we're praying our prayer with our fleece with the impossibleness only being possible by God and nobody else. And if God does the impossible, we know what's going on. But can I tell you this morning, church, you've got to humble yourself. David was a man after God's own heart. David was the apple of God's eye. David sinned. And we know David's prayer in Psalms 51. But can I tell you how it started out? Psalms 51.1. Look at this. Have mercy upon me. David was the king. David's arrogance said, go get Bathsheba. David's arrogance said, I can sleep with Bathsheba. David's arrogance said, I'll kill Uriah. David's arrogance said, I'll take her as my wife. David's arrogance said, we're going to be all right. Nobody knows. God said by Nathan, thou art the man, David, I know. And David had to come back to this. In his arrogance, David said that the man that took the little hand, he would pay. And David did. But Psalms 51 is a prayer of humility. 
It's a humble prayer. Starting off, have mercy upon me, O God. Now look at what David said after this. According to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you this morning because I, I, I just want to cover the last few that I've got here. But can I tell you this morning, David was a man who stood up straight. He walked tall with God. He was mighty. He killed giants. He killed the thousands. Remember Saul's thousands. David hit sins of thousands. He fought Goliath. Goliath thought he was. But David was a man who walked with God. And when he messed up, David still knew how to get down on his knees before God and humble himself and pray and seek God's face and turn from his wicked way. And what happened when David did that? God did exactly what he said he would do. He healed his land and forgave their sins. Sometimes we say, God, well, you know, God's going to burn this old country up, and he is. But can I tell you this morning, I like what the preacher said yesterday. He said, God sent me out here to get you. If I could just get you to believe this, prayer still works. Prayer still works. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. You humble yourself before God, He'll begin to heal you. He'll forgive you. What happens when it's me and you? God starts working in us. Can, can I tell you? I shared with you this last Sunday about the phone call that I got from somebody because it's been said that I was resigning the church. And I'm not. I made that clear last Sunday morning. I'm not. But I think our church can be a different church. But it's going to take prayer. I really don't think God's done with us. I, I don't. God would not give me such a love to come down here and try to be here and be your pastor and try to, God, God would not keep me burdened if God was just going to let this place go away. Prayer starts here. Prayer starts here. Prayer changes things here. Prayer changes things here. Prayer changes things here. Prayers work. We just got to humble ourselves to pray. Not tell God, but ask God. Plead with God. I mean, I want you to think about this. There have been prayers of pleading when we know something is right there in front of us and there is nothing we can do but pray. And I've heard people pray. It is, it is, there's other prayers that we pray because something is not so evident and, and they're not as pleading prayers because, you know what, it doesn't seem so dire at the time, so to say. It, it's not so much that it's there. And so we, we pray that prayer, you know, it's kind of like, and I don't want to be, to mean church, but it's kind of like praying for our food. We, we pray sometimes for things like we pray for our food. We just 
excuse me, pray to get it over with instead of pleading with God because of what we see. But the pleading prayer is humble prayer. That's the prayer God wants us to get to. That's the prayer God is wanting to use. That's the prayer that's going to change here. That's the prayer that's going to change there. That's the prayer that's going to change there. It's not the prayer of just God bless the food and let me get out of here today. It's the humble prayer. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves, you've got to get down. We keep standing up. God, here I am. Do something. If God did what he thought probably lightning would strike us. Can I tell you, the humble prayer will keep you awake at night. The humble prayer will keep you in the Bible. But can I tell you something else about a humble prayer? A humble prayer will keep your eyes peeled. Because a humble prayer knows that God is listening. And we start watching for the results of God listening. But we don't humble ourselves. We know the story of blind Bartimaeus. Look at this. And when he heard, Mark 10, 47, when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth, not not just anybody, but it's Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He didn't say, Jesus, he didn't say, Jesus, open my eyes. You did it for them, do it for me. No, have mercy on me. And many charged and they should Hold his peace. You know what? There are some people who discourage prayer. There's some people who will tell you, well, God hasn't done it yet. He ain't going to do it. God hasn't done it yet. God don't care. God, God, Hey, can I tell you something this morning? If you will humble your heart and you'll pray to God, not only does God care, but God hears and God will move. You don't have to be where you're at. You don't have to go through life uncertain. You don't have to play the guessing game. God hears. When they told blind Bartimaeus to hush, he just got louder, more determined. I'm going to tell you, the woman who had to push through the crowd to get to Jesus, I'm sure there were some people who said, I'm first, I'm first, I'm first. I don't know. But, the, but somehow, some way, she's over here, he's over there, and she says this, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, what does that mean, Brother Ernie? She realized this, that she may not be able to walk in there standing up, but if she could get down on her knees, maybe she had to do the army crawl. Maybe, I don't know what she did, but she humbled herself down to the ground some way, some and press through the crowd to get to Jesus. I'm telling you, every time she was moving, however she, she was probably praying, God, let me get there before he's gone. Lord, let me get there before somebody else uh, uh, scatters him off. Lord, let me get there. So, hey, she was pressing through there and her prayers was answered because when she touched the garment, her, 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 her issue was healed. And can I tell you something else, church? 
The Bible says that when she touched Jesus' garments, he stopped. Who touched me? For I have felt healing virtue. (laughs) Go out of me. If you're tired of licking dirt, won't you touch the garment? Isaiah 55 and 7 says, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Joel 2, 32, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Israel had hope. You and I have hope. Acts 2 and 21. The preaching of the message of the day of Pentecost, and I love this one. They said, it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I can just remember hearing that story, as I said, of Howard Garrett and his son. I remember the story of the thief hanging on the cross. But let me just say this. I can remember the day that somebody didn't tell me that I was saved outside of God. The day that I humbled myself and I prayed And I want to tell you something, church. It's a pretty humbling experience to go through school, be the Youth for Christ president, know you're called to preach, have everybody tell you you're called to preach, and people have told you you were saved, and Then you get to preach your first message. You go on down life's road and you keep going through there. Thinking you're saved and you're just going through. Because based upon somebody else. Become a youth leader. Third grade Sunday school teacher. Lead a third grade student to the Lord. And 45 minutes later, God says, Ernie, it's just like he's standing there pointing at me, not out of hatred, but out of love, compassion. Ernie, you need to be saved. I've shared with you the experience of the shockness of Lynetta. But can I tell you that morning I wasn't shocked. Boy, God cleared up a whole lot of things for me that day. It was interesting. Went up to Brother Roy Woodard and I said to Brother Roy, I said, Brother Roy, he's the pastor. I said, I need to be saved. He said, early, let's pray. 
and took me by the hand and he prayed. But I, I didn't feel nothing. I'll be honest with you. I, 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 I love the fact that he prayed with me. And, and, he, and, he, and even, I, I don't remember if he said, do you feel better? And I may have said, yes, I don't know. But, but I remember turning around. We were standing on this side of the church. And I can remember turning around. I couldn't walk back to my pew. I had to go and humble myself. And pray. And that morning God saved me and nobody had to tell me. That morning God saved me. And I humbled myself. And I'm going to tell you something else. In all those years, since that day in May of 1990, there's too many times I stood up when I should have humbled myself. But I know prayers work when you humble yourself. Would you stand this morning? Father, today in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your love and mercy and your grace. Dear God, thank you this morning for being allowed to be in this house, Lord, to have your word. God, to preach to these that come. And Lord, you know our hearts better than anybody. You know our needs better than anybody. So we ask you, Father, today, Lord, touch, Father, and have your way. And may we be willing, Father, to humble ourselves before you so that you can lift us up. Father, that you can heal us. You can forgive us. Lord, you can cleanse us. And Lord, I know that there are many people who've prayed and pleaded for one thing or another this morning, but the greatest plead we'll have is the plead of salvation. So if there be lost folks, let them be saved, backslidden, let them be saved. Lord, may we, every one of us, realize we've got to humble ourselves if we want to see things change. We ask you, Lord, these things today in Christ's blessed name. And amen. I ask you this.